Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, and me and Muslims are missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific gentleman who's a graduate of Northeastern University, celebrating his 15th year as lead singer of the Platters Live. Not only a singer and songwriter of gospel and RB music, he's also a two time award winning actor, which includes an NAACP Image Award for Best Actor in a Lead Role and also the ADA Award for Best Actor performing as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And recently, he won Best Actor in the International Independent Film Awards uh, for his role in Catch the Bus. And we're going to find out the meaning about that. He also has his latest single, You Can Give Love in CD, Whosoever, available on all. Um, streaming platforms as well too and uh just an amazing gentleman and uh what's catching the bus about well we'll certainly throw the ball in this one live ladies and gentlemen plus studios in beautiful downtown los angeles the multi-talented singer songwriter and actor of the amazing new film catch the bus ladies and gentlemen the multi-talented peace byron peace good morning good afternoon good evening thanks for joining us today hello 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 happy to be with you well, it's great to have you on board, Peace. So uh, you're a graduate of Northeastern University, celebrating a 15th year as a lead singer of the Platters Live. You're not only a singer, songwriter of gospel and R&B music. You're a two-time award-winning actor, which includes an NAACP Image Award for Best Actor in the Lead Role. Also, ADA for uh, Best Actor Performing as Dr. Martin Luther King. And also, you have a latest single, You Can Give Love, and a CD, Whosoever, on all uh, streaming platforms. And you also are in a film called Catch the Bus, and this is part, was part of the Hollywood Real Independent Film Fest, and just an amazing story, and um, you kind of like to throw the ball in this one, so throwing it under the bus, and before getting all that uh, piece, tell us how I first got started. Oh my, I first got started when I was pretty much three or four years old in my dad's quartet, because I'm originally from Tennessee, mm, okay. and I was singing quartet music with them uh, in, their in their group, and I would do leads every now and then, and so from three to about, um, I'd say eight or nine was when I really actually started to become even more creative, and I started to write music, things of that nature, and develop a singing voice because my whole family could sing, but um, I started to get my own sound and whatnot. And then from there, um, I started to uh, round about our, my high school year because I was also a jock, an athlete. So I played football and that kind of thing, but but also wanted to create. And we only had, we were, I was in a small town in Hartsville, Tennessee. We only had junior and senior plays. That was mm -hmm. also, you couldn't do a play till you were, or junior or senior. And so I did my first play in junior in my as a junior called uh, I think second time around or something like that. And I played a lawyer. And hearing the applause, Mike, and although I'd been a jock and I mean Hartsville is like a football town. So you know, but hearing the applause on stage, I mean, man, that did something for me. So <laughs> that made me decide, oh, okay, I think this is really what I want to do. And so that led me to a couple of years later, I went to Texas uh, and I went to a school called uh, St. Edwards University. Uh, and I was there for two years. And while I was there, I did what we called um, major productions were it was not it was not just regional theater, but it was where they had the star system where they would bring in a well-known actor and they would rehearse for about three to four weeks with a cast and then put on the show for another two or three weeks. And so while I was there, I got I was able to be cast with uh, in three major productions. One of those was with a star by the name of 
Life Erickson. He was an old uh, cowboy. He did a lot of cowboy movies. He was in this movie and this TV show called High Chaparral. Mm -hmm. And I played um, the porter. That was my first one. And then after that, we did Petrified Forest. And that was um, Humphrey Bogart made that one famous because, wow. yeah, he was. But Humphrey Bogart wasn't in this one, uh, but he made it famous in the movie that he did earlier. But uh, Edward Mangum, who was the director, uh, he chose to make Duke Mantee's gang, because that's who um, uh, he played. Um, he chose to make his gang black. And so the Duke Mantee character, who was Humphrey Bogart, was played by a guy named Greg Morris, who was who did Mission Impossible nice. uh, years before that. So I was a part of that. Uh, gang played piles and uh, then uh, the next year uh, worked with um, Godfrey Cambridge who was um, I always think of him because I was young when he was doing Watermelon Man <laughs> and he also did The Blob and so it was really just so exciting to get to work with him we did a, a show called The Name of room service and I played Timothy Hogarth. So for those two years that really gave me a background in theater uh, and specific, specifically working in the round because that was what uh, St. Ed's focus was working in theater in the round. And so, so that's how I got my start. If we can, you know, hmm. so. That certainly is an amazing start. I love what you got so far working with some great legends from the get going. It's just yeah. so amazing. And of course, you know, with you being on stage and everything else, what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? Well, in terms, as I said, I would think it was when I was a junior and I did second time around, that was the first one that made me think, wow, I think I really want to pursue acting as opposed to singing because singing for me was like breathing. It was mm -hmm. almost like I came out of my mom singing. All of us did, my whole, my family, we all sing and whatnot. But acting appeared to be a little more challenging for me and I liked the challenge. So uh, that little play second time around <laughs> mm -hmm. that gave me a pause when I heard the audience applaud, that was it. That certainly was amazing, too. We want to make sure that was in the right moment and second time around, certainly indeed. And, of course, you talk about some of the great actors you worked with. And who are some of your favorite actors, singers, songwriters, and um, musicians growing up? Well, let's see. That's a good question. My favorite, some of my favorites was, of course, Stevie Wonder. Um, I started trying to sing like him, actually, <laughs> mm -hmm. when I was eight or nine. Um, I also loved uh, Aretha Franklin. I loved um, a guy by the name of, we called him Black Moses, but it was Isaac Hayes. Oh, um, Isaac Hayes. Yes, yes I yes, Isaac yes, Hayes. I loved yeah. Isaac Hayes. Chef, he's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. You better <laughs> shut your mouth, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, Isaac Hayes um, was, uh, but then, of course, back then, too, I loved groups like the, the Shy Lights. I loved um, Elton John was one of my favorite. This was like toward the time of my high school time, you know, but um, uh, one of my favorite singers was also my mother. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was just awesome. She was, she would what we call, she would tear up the church because she was one of the lead soloists and she could get our church rocking. 
just whenever she would do solos and whatnot. So, uh, and I later actually played for her, but um, so yeah, she was one, but I had just a number of, 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 um, of, um, I would say a number of groups that I really, really liked. And of course now Parliament Funkadelic, I loved um, Cool in the Gang. I loved um, Eddie Kendricks. These were people that, you know, and, and in terms of actually Mike forming my style, I really, really, there was a guy by the name of um, Donnie Hathaway, who I just loved because he had a, gospel and a and a a a a a rhythm and blues uh sound but really really gospel and it was around that time that I also started writing music for my church so um it influenced that kind of music and so did Isaac Hayes so so yeah that was some of my beginning and pivoting into music as well and you also happen to sing with a, a legendary group, which is kind of like an offshoot you've been doing for 15 years. We'll talk about that. But first, you listen to the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by SonicWeb Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. SonicWeb Studios is the answer. SonicWeb Studios offers fast, affordable, custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. It's 1-800-303-3960 or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also time to give an official shout out to our official sponsor, the Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Z has garnered great reviews and Eve 11 enjoys by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and many else. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Z, available on Amazon. Also check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 40 podcast platforms heard in other countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also Anchor FM, Apple Music, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, Radio Public, also on Himalayan, the YouTube channel, also on BitChute and Rubble. Make sure you subscribe to those and take us with you on any mobile device. Make sure you subscribe to the Mike Wagner Show. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show and support on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. We're here with the multi-talented uh, Peace Byron here on the Mike Widener Show. Singer, songwriter, actor extraordinaire. And uh, you had talked about some of your major influences. You worked with some of the... Um, some of the major stars, but you also participated uh, in an offshoot of the Platters called the Platters Live, and uh, you've been lead singer for 15 years. Tell us about um, about the Platters Live, and how'd you first get involved? Well, my agent uh, connected me. I actually got a call from a referral of, from a bass player who was their bass player um, wow. with the Platters Live, and she'd worked with me in my church, actually, here in L.A., and uh, referred, they were looking for a singer, lead singer to take over and um, referred me. When I got the call, Mike, I got to tell you, 
I thought it was a joke. <laughs> the platters, they're all dead. They can't. <laughs> but you <laughs> felt enchanted at the same time. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I um, found out that, no, this was real and legit. And I did not really know any of their music. I had not grown up listening. You didn't hear me say the platters, you know, of course mm -hmm. I that I actually listened to. But um, so it took me about two months because I approached that the same way I do in a role or whatnot. I wanted to totally imbibe the music because I was going to be singing music that the great Tony Williams, um, who was their lead for the, you know, back in the 50s, the, the original platters and whatnot, singing all those wonderful tunes. And I really wanted it to be as authentic, you know, as possible, you know, because that's the way that I, I do anything. And so, uh, so, but eventually two months in, I did my first show with them in uh, Beverly Hills and uh, it was just sensational. I've been singing with them ever since. And we are a tribute band, of course, as I said, the originals are dead. However, they all had their own offshoots of their platters group back then. I didn't know mm -hmm. this, of course, learning all the history. So even the originals had their own platters group as well. So, um, but yeah, I get to sing all the wonderful Twilight time. I get to sing uh, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. I oh, get my to favorite, sing yes. Enchanted. I get to sing, um, oh, let's see. Oh, My Prayer. That's a, generally a huge, huge um ovation that we get with that so so a lot of those tunes but it's a wonder been a wonderful um experience for me being a part of a legendary group in terms of all the music and the uh history that's there and so i'm honored every time i get to sing any of those songs so, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and you got us wanting to go see the platters live as well too and my fiasco where will you be playing next and uh where can we find you guys well, I have no idea. I'll tell you when wonderful COVID hit, <laughs> it really affected some of the thing. We are just now rebooking things that we uh, had to, you know, put on hold and whatnot. And so, um, I'm un I think we're going to be somewhere local here in LA in the next couple of months. But uh, we just our last gig was just was it last month. Um, and it was for the veterans and whatnot. And we do a lot of various uh, private parties, things of that nature. But I think we're going to be in L.A. Um, in the next couple of months. We're certainly looking forward to that as well, too. You know, keep it up today. He'll tell you the website and where you can go see the Platters Live. And, of course, you know, speaking of legends, you also, um, you, you know, play a legend in um as uh, Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King and also in uh, one of the films as well, too. And, um, you know, tell us more about the film and uh, what was it like playing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Uh, well, I'll tell you, it was surreal. And I was, at the time, I was about, uh, I think, 30-something, 30 31, 32. And uh, Dr. King died, of course, when he was, I think, 38, 39. And so I wondered if I was too <laughs> young to do it. But yet, at the same time, this was also a musical. Uh, so it was music with script as well. And uh, the script was so rich with his life history. It was actually a three and a half hour piece 
that um, I actually learned about his life because I was 11 when he died. So mm -hmm. I, you know, had to understand uh, how he was thrown into this at a young age. He wasn't expecting to be the leader that he, you know, eventually became. Uh, but the, the Montgomery Improvement Association, learning what that was about. So I just mentioned that to say there were so many things that I had to learn, but also in this particular piece, uh, Rosa Parks is there. Of course, all the legends, uh, uh, Ralph Abernathy, you know, all the people that were in the movement, but, um, and a person called Stokely McCarmichael and whatnot. And so I'm mentioning them, but their connection to Dr. King and, of course, the great Coretta King, who in this piece he called Corey, her Corey as mm. a, a power to Coretta. And that was actually what he uh, did do. So it's a beautiful love story between the two of them. And also we got to see the man because it was King the man. And so just a lot of nuance uh, things that we were brought up in that script. And the music was just beautiful and sometimes haunting to capture, you know, many of the things. So uh, we went from highs to lows and and fear and depression and yet redemption, yet resolve, you know, so many things. And of course, you know how, you know, it ended for him. But um, I felt <laughs> honored to be selected to play him. And it was just every, every, every time that I was on stage in the, because it ran for off and on for about two years in various ways and various times um, that I wanted to honor the piece as well as honoring Dr. King. And um, I did the best I could in that. And, mm -hmm. It sounds like you did the best you could. And what was the most uh, challenging and the most difficult part um, you know, you know, when, when you played uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's scene and a certain part, what was like the most uh, difficult and challenging that, that you faced and how'd you manage to overcome? That's a good question. And immediately for me, the most challenging scene in King the Man was, so it's, it's, a, it's a scene where Dr. King, his family, they've been getting threats for a just number of weeks and whatnot. However, uh, this particular night, he was, uh, this was when they had bombed the house and Corey and the children were there uh, and he was not there, but um, he ran, ran, you know, raced to the house and whatnot. To, and his dad wanted him to leave, to just, you know, maybe it's time for you to stop, you know, but he had become this, he was still in his late 20s, you know, the focus of the movement now. And he, this particular scene in King the Man, he is all alone, Corey and the kids, they're asleep at his uh, dad's house, because that's where they went. And he's pacing, and he's really just asking God, how can I do this? You know, and then while there, he gets a phone call and where there he's getting threatened, saying, we're going to kill you, N-word, and all, you know, we're coming for your wife, we're coming for you. And he's listening to this over and over, and he breaks down and just begs God, 
what can I do? How mm -hmm. can I continue to do this? I need to think about my family. How can it? And in this particular time, he goes from being a man, being afraid, because it's well documented that throughout the movement, he was depressed often. Uh, but from that time to actually, he said he heard from God in this time, in this moment of destitute and he felt that God basically put the mantle on him in the his his most heaviest hour and his most heaviest moment of feeling that he couldn't go on. That through those few minutes of resolve and acceptance, literally like Christ would, you know, to accept the mantle, that he determined that. No matter what came, he was going to do whatever it took to be what God had called him. And that's when he received the calling personally himself and then went on with the, the, the mission and, of course, the, the movement. So that particular scene was always the, the, the hardest, but the one that done right and Thank God we did it right a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> it, it, made, uh, it made the audience understand that particular moment. And for the rest of the movie, I'm sorry, the the, the theater piece. So, mm -hmm. And that so, was really moving as well, too. There was also a piece about he really went up against the Black Panthers. That was like the biggest challenge of all, too, the Black Panthers. Yes, yes he went up. Well, I mentioned Stokely Carmichael is in, and this is later is in this piece later on in the movement, Stokely uh, and Dr. King had a uh, conversation where, and in this particular piece, uh, Stokely basically is saying to Dr. King, you know, basically, I understand, I, I, Dr. King, I love you, and I understand that and what you believe in, nonviolence and love, but I got to tell you, you know, and he goes on to say, the next time the white man uses guns and clubs and tear gas and horses to ride my people into the ground to beat them senses, I'm not going to tell them not to fight back. And he tells them, I'm not going to tell them to turn the other cheek and, you know, run like scared little animals with their tails tucked between their legs. And Dr. King, of course, was slowly starting to have and understanding because of course he was nonviolence and love that when that was the opposite you know of both of them yet uh hearing stokely and he he goes on to say stokely I, I understand but only love has the power to turn an enemy into a friend and that's the way that scene ends but that was their connection or at least they uh, in this piece uh used to represent the two different sides and yet how they were able to try to come together, you know, in understanding, even though they didn't quite agree with the means that Stokely, of course, who was representing the Panthers, you know, and, and Dr. King, of course, the civil rights movement of nonviolence and love. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. and, and, and you certainly do a good job of talking about giving love and can also give love, which is your latest single and also your wow. CD, Whosoever. And you're also a really creative um, singer-songwriter. Tell us about that song in the CD. Uh, the CD, Whosoever, uh, is because I'm a follower of Christ. It's um, a CD to uh, any and all people uh, 
But specifically, this particular piece was to the marginalized, because that's who I felt that Jesus came. He came to everyone, and whether you, you believe in him or not, which is, you know, fine, your, your choice or whatever. But he said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, and that whosoever will, let them come. So that's why the title of the CD is Whosoever, and it's done in a... R&B kind of dance feel, uh, because that's my favorite kind of music, uh, but it's gospel, and it's Peace Byron gospel, and um, it's um, specific to let anyone who believes that uh, they're alone or whatnot, there are various uh, pieces on there, other than whosoever, there's um, stand, uh, there's being restored, you know, back to uh, Christ, there's shame, uh, meaning no shame, Jesus took the blame, you know, things of that nature, just to remind people that wherever we are, Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, and uh, that in the way that the style of the music, which does make you want to dance and you will mm -hmm. dance, you want to move because that's what <laughs> I that's feel it the way it rocks. Yes, it does. And the, <laughs> and the message rolls, you know, with Christ and with um, um, what I call uh, truth music uh, set with to a gospel twist. And uh, so just to, to remind people that we're not alone, uh, that we have an advocate and we have someone who loves us. And uh, he said, whosoever will, come on, come on, come on. You mm -hmm. can, and, and, and certainly indeed as well, too, in our Catch in the Love. And of course, you can also catch the bus as well, too. And we'll talk about the latest movie directed by his daughter, Chloe Owens. You listen to the Mike Wagner Show at the themikewagnershow.com, powered by SonicWeb Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson's and Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with singer, songwriter, and actor, the multi-talented Peace Byron with Catch the Bus after this time. We'll be back. We're here with um, the amazing, multi-talented Peace Byron here on the Mike Wagner Show. We talked about um, with him being the lead singer of the Platters Live and also winning a war for um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And now it's time to catch the bus. And this is a different topic, catching the bus, directed by his daughter, uh, Chloe Evans. And it's about um, telling the story about um, a guy who wanted to be a sportscaster. So tell us more about that one, catching the bus. Yes, well, Catch the Bus is a short uh, written, as you said, by my daughter, uh, Chloe Owens. And um, the main character who I play is a uh, sports guy. He has an interesting background. He, he is a person who I say is determined. He knows who he is. Uh, and he's asked to uh, audition for this role of a, a sportscaster. And um, so, and his the role that I play is James. And uh, so James goes to this audition and is... Um, uh, basically, he doesn't know it, but basically sized up for a no <laughs> by the casting director as soon as he walks in. And uh, then it is basically him being the determined man that he is to uh, say that he is going to do the best that he can in doing his audition. And he's basically told he could do one, two takes, the first one as they call it, straight, and then the next one he could improvise. And the casting director says, oh, no, the first one is fine, and then it's basically a 
tug of war back and forth between the two of them. Mm -hmm. That certainly is amazing too. And could you imagine yourself as a sportscaster in a way as well? That's what sounds like here. So, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Mike, sportscasters can. I being a sports fan, of course, you know, I. Everyone makes it them their own. You know, everybody has their own style. When it's still on the page, it's still you've got to read what's there. But but you generally make it your own. Yes, of course I could. And the interesting thing is, that's exactly what James and Catch the Bus does. He makes it his own. And so and to do that, you know, you've got to have chutzpah. You've got to have a mindset that you really feel pretty good about who you are. You know, and confident. You know, so so it's basically. Um, seeing him him do that, uh, and so, but yes, uh, sportscasters are very, very. Um, oh, and you know, Mike, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite sportscasters was um guy by the name of Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell, yes, uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Howard Cosell. And speaking of sports, oh my gosh, you know what? I think I remember watching that first Monday Night Football game, Jim Brown, Cleveland Browns, 1970s. Like, yeah. I must have been like uh, just past kindergarten and looking for something to watch. Oh, football's on Monday night? It's like they play on Sundays and it's a head scratcher, but you know, it's been successful with them doing it so Oh gosh, like half a yeah. half a century just about. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And and it's it's taken its own form. It's you know, stretch over the years and whatnot. And of course, now we got Monday, Thursday night football, you know, and of course Sunday. So, but it's all good. But but the sportscasters now, and in the film, actually, I loved how <laughs> it's really there's a lot of of background to when James is doing his thing in the in the film and um it just was really really well I, I don't want to talk so much about my daughter but it's hard not to because I'm so proud of her <laughs> oh, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna just talk about your daughter I'm glad you brought it up how's it like with her uh directing the film and uh, what'd you like to see happen for her as a writer and director in the future well was it, like? was, it was very exciting to be directed from her. And uh, by the way, she I had no idea she was even writing this because she wrote it and whatnot. And she tells me, Dad, I've written something I want you to do and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And then when I read the screenplay of, of the short, I was like, just, wow, just so blown away. Just, But I mean, I've read things that she's done before. And of course, but being directed by her was just the five minutes before we actually started to shoot, some I don't know what it was, Mike, but something she did or something, because uh, I'm in place uh, and I look out and she does something. Man, I had to keep it together because all of a sudden I saw, instead of director Chloe, I saw baby girl Chloe. <laughs> and I got so emotional that it just, whoo, I said, okay, okay, come on, come on. I get up, come on, come on. <laughs> because no, no, not just professional, but she's awesome. She is just awesome. And that's my baby girl. And so now I gotta do my thing. And so I did. Uh and, but but it's just been so wonderful. And I'm so proud of her. Uh, mm -hmm. for 
and yeah. and certainly an amazing job as well too and what's the message of the film and how do you relate to your character james like what's the message uh you want to um just get out of the film well i'll tell you um the message i think because it's a short and then there's a possibility it's going to be more than that but as an actor a performer at least the way that i work i take it from the page to build whatever this character is james knows who he is he is a professional he is resilient and he's confident with whatever he's going to do so that's the guy that we see in the film however the way he gets there he's open to that to be and that's again where the mindset of confidence comes from him but um um and i don't know if you asked me how if i relate to that or whatnot but i do in terms of that's the way that i live i'd like to think that i do uh age is just a number and we Very get that, we get that from james from the script and i certainly as peace byron identify with that as well so so yeah mm -hmm. and certainly amazing and doing a great job peace and where can we find catch a bus and um your latest cd and all your works at uh peace well now you can find my cd on itunes uh amazon all the all all the music outlets again it's called whosoever by peace byron that's p-e-y-c-e -E byron b-y-r-o-n you can give love as well a single that's on uh, itunes as well catch the bus is going to be released at some point it's playing the festivals right now and that's how and as i said as you mentioned we've won awards and that's been so awesome in that but eventually i think at some point this year it will be released and it's my understanding they're looking at um, making it into a feature so um, mm, that would be very nice as well looking forward to it we're here with the singer songwriter actor multi-talented peace byron here on the mic where you show it catch the bus as well part of the hollywood real independent film fest along with some cds and his works and just a few more moments here and i'd love to have you back on and what else can we expect from you in 2023 and beyond peace well for me 2023 i am working on new music and um of course we'll be with the platters and uh also working on a um something that i'm I'm not saying what it is yet, <laughs> but I'm keeping that under it. It's not creative. It's just something I'm working on something personal uh, that is, but very, very special to me and quite exciting. Uh, but in the, in the, in the creative world, it's more of um, catch the bus if we are going to work on that this year or whatnot. Um, but uh, specifically uh, the platters will be my focus uh, for this year. We're certainly looking forward to it and a very enchanting time indeed as well. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career? My biggest influence in my career at this point would probably be one of my coaches. I could I could say family members because they've been very interested, but my coach and mentor who I'm also a part of in a an, an organization called TPN uh, that um, works in, we actually help companies save money on energy bills. So that's a side gig apart from the creative portion. But the reason why he's uh, a mentor is because of the mindset of 
speaks to all that I live in terms of, um, basically, I'll put it this way. Um, for things to change, I must change. For things to get better, I must get better. If it is to be, it begins with me, for God has equipped me with all things to be successful. Success loves speed, momentum, and massive action. The treasure's out there, Mike. I'll find it. It's going to be worth it. That kind of mindset is the way that I live in all things. So, And definitely um, a great mindset. I love that thinking. I love it as well. I'm going to remember that. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Hmm. Don't let anyone's opinion of you, you become your reality. You be you. You do you believe in yourself, believe in your goals, believe in your dreams, and do the work, and all things are possible, if you believe. And certainly believe as well, all things possible. Those are great words, Peace. Once again, we're with Peace Byron, singer, songwriter, actor, the multi-talented from Cats of Bus here on the Mike Wagner Show. Peace, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. And once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? And where can people purchase or check out your works, especially Cats the Bus? Ah, uh, well, peacebyron.com, and that's P-E-Y-C-E-B-Y-R-O-N.com. Um, and Catch the Bus is going to be having its own website at some point. Uh, but um, I understand Chloe's working on that. Uh, but as I said, any of places on Amazon, iTunes, you can catch my music, as well as YouTube. Um, there, just just Google me and you'll find me. Peace, Byron. P-E-Y-C-E, Byron. We will certainly do that as well. Once again, peace. A very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love, have it back. Wish you all best. And peace, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Thank you so much, Michael. Pleasure to be with you.